I'm excited uh, uh, for this word tonight. Um, tonight, you know, I, I feel like um, where God's had us as, uh, as a church, he's been continuing to call us in deeper. Amen? Deeper into the things of God, deeper into our relationship with God, deeper into the things that he, he has for us in his word. And I feel like uh, where he's continued to bring me in the word is typically identifying roadblocks that are keeping us from getting there, right? What are the roadblocks that we keep running into? Now, if I was really fancy and if I would have thought about this like four weeks ago that God was maybe taking me to roadblocks, I could have had a really cool graphic and it would have been awesome. And it wasn't until like today, like, I don't know, three or four sermons in this that God was like, these are roadblocks. And I was like, thanks, you know. Um, so we've, been, we've really been talking about roadblocks that keep us from, from going deeper into the things of God. The things that, that God has intended for us to get into, the things that we that we should tap into, our relationship with Him, and Bethany and I in this in this journey of of pastorship, right? Um, when we when we look at our responsibilities as a pastors, okay, um, I don't look at my responsibility as um, I I'm the guy that just marries your friends or you. Um, I'm not the one who just buries your friends or your family members. I'm not the one that just comes and prays uh, when you're not feeling good and all that kind of stuff, right? Those are all important things that, that happen too. But when Beth and I talk about our responsibility as pastors, we believe that we are called to lead you deeper into a relationship with him. That's it, right? Deeper into a relationship with him. Now, are we always going to do that perfect? No. That's why we have all y'all to help us, right? <laughs> uh, because... That's what we're really trying to do here is that every single one of us, no matter where we're at on the spectrum, we are going deeper in our relationship with him. Whether we are an infant in Christianity or we are an expert. Well, I don't even want to say expert in Christianity. Um, we have a lot more wisdom in Christianity, I guess I would say. Um, wherever we are on the spectrum, and as we walk that journey out, guess what? We go deeper into our relationship with him. So we're all on this journey together, right? And so this week, you know, I've been praying, God, what is it? What is it that you're, you're really wanting me to, to speak about and, and share? What is, this, what is this next step in this journey for us? And Thursday morning, um, I wake up, and I've been, I've been really good. I've been making sure that um, I go to the gym. So Thursday morning, I had to pack my gym bag, okay? So I'm going to pack my gym bag. And uh, um, even when we were in Birmingham, I worked out almost every day, didn't I? I was so proud of myself until I hurt myself on Thursday, <laughs> and then that wasn't good. Um, but so... This Thursday, I'm packing my gym bag. I'm like, I got to grab a shirt uh, for the gym. And I'm looking through, and I find my Holtman shirt. <laughs> and so I pull, I pull the shirt out, and Shauna and Brian got me this shirt for Christmas, okay? And I love my Holtman shirt, okay? And so, so I, I pull it out, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, is this like, am I, am I allowed to wear this to the gym? Like, I was trying to figure out, like, for a little, like, I was reasoning with myself, like, I'm kind of like promoting the whole reason why I'm at the gym now. Um, so does this work? I don't, I don't know. And uh, so, so anyway, so I try the shirt on. I'm like, okay, will this work? And when I try the shirt on, I hear this word, temptation. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, my gym doesn't really have any mirrors. Um, so it's not like I could see myself in my Holtman shirt and be like, mm, I know where I'm going after this. Um, it wasn't one of those. But, but. As soon as I, I put that shirt on, I really, I've thought about this word temptation. And the next few days, that just continues to stay in my mind, temptation. Uh, because 
The idea of temptation is, is uh, complex, and what temptation ends up doing to us can sometimes be horrific, right? And so I really began to think about influencers in our life that keep us from a relationship, a better relationship, a deeper relationship with God. And I really thought, man, temptation, huh, that's got to be on our list, right? That's got to be something that we talk about. And so tonight, we're going to talk about temptation. And I wore my Holman shirt for you. Just so I could tell that story. <laughs> I actually told Beth uh, yesterday morning, I sent her a message. I was like, you need to wash my Holtman shirt. She didn't even ask me anything. She just said, where is it? You know, because she didn't know. If, sometimes I hide my clothes. Um, <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about temptation. Turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we're going to talk about Temptation. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things that I think are important for us to get to a place where we start to recognize and address temptation. Um, temptation can be a really big, um, heavy subject, right, that I could cover a whole lot of different things when we talk about temptation, and I may do that. We'll see where, where God takes me here. But we're going to be in James chapter 1, and we're going we're gonna to start in verse 13. We're going to read 13 and 14, and then we're going to get into this. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Who does God tempt? No one. No one. But it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So let me remind you first, okay, that we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world filled with sin and many, many things that defile the flesh, right? 2 Corinthians 7.1, right? The scripture says, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we need to understand this first, okay? None of us are perfect, Okay, so for those of you who's like, I got this whole temptation thing down, eh, you're wrong, okay? Uh, because temptation can come in so many different forms, and we'll talk about that. And remember, Romans, th- Romans 3.10 tells us that no one is righteous, not one, not one. So as we start going into this journey, one of the things that I want you to understand is there's two sides of the spectrum when it comes to holiness in the church. There is this side over here that says, well, Tom, just to be honest, you just said that whole thing, and uh, um, you already said no one can be righteous, no one can be holy, so I'm just kind of doing my thing, whatever that looks like. I'm going to eat all the Holtmans I want, and yeah, so get over your bad self, because I'm just doing my thing, right? And so you've got that side, but then you've got this other side that looks around and says, you know what, i got to be honest with you, I'm pretty daggone holy compared to the rest of these people. (laughs) I mean, I kind of got my stuff together. I don't say a lot of bad words. I don't drink or eat a lot of things I shouldn't. You know, I hang out with the right people. I spend, you know, eight out of the seven days in Bible study. So, yeah, I'm pretty good. Eh, wrong, right? We, we've got two sides of that spectrum very well in the church, right? Both are flawed. But here's what, here's what I'm getting to here. What we need to do as we start this journey and talking about temptation there's one person that you need to know very, very well when it comes to addressing temptation, and it's yourself. You need to know yourself. 
You need to understand what your temptations are. See, verse 14 tells us that each, say each, each person is tempted. Right? Each person is tempted. So it's going to happen. And if you tell me, oh, it's never happened to me, eh, wrong, again, like you guys are failing this test miserably, right? It says that he, when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Now, I can stand up here and I can talk about addiction when it comes to um, uh, temptation. I can talk about hatred or anger or on gluttony, right? I got this whole thing going here. Um, sexual sins. I can talk about all of it. But for every single one of us, it's completely different. Whatever it may be, it may be different. So I'm not going to talk about a specific temptation. See, because that temptation may be something like that, but that temptation can also be something as simple as um, not doing what God's told you to do, right? See, because you're going to be tempted to not do <laughs> what he wants you to do. So temptation comes in so many different forms. So I'm not, I'm not going to specifically speak to that because here's what you need to do. You need to know yourself. You need to know those things that are with you because the reason we need to know ourselves is because we need to recognize the signs of temptation and we need to make a move to protect the sanctity of our relationship with the Father. We need to make a move to protect the sanctity of our relationship with the Father. This is, this is where um, I talk about temptation as a roadblock. See, because in this relationship, if you've got all this stuff, right, that just continues to get stacked into the way and these temptations that keep you, because what temptation will often do is it will draw you away from God for one of two reasons. One, because you've gone so deep into that temptation that you are so far away from God. Two is because you fall in sin and then you feel so bad that you don't feel like God wants you back. And see, people go on both sides of that as well. But the reality is, is when it comes to, to walking this out, we have to know ourselves because we have to put up the, our own blocks to say, you know what, I'm not going to go that way because I know what's going to happen. I've been down that road. I've opened that door. I've, you know, I've creeped that open. Uh, um, my uh, Mike would always say that the devil has a skinny foot. And as soon as that door can be like that, and he can squeeze that foot in there and just swing it right open, okay? We need to make a move to protect the sanctity of our relationship with the Father. It's so important. It's so important. I think about Bethany and I's relationship and how important that relationship is and the things that we do to protect our own relationship. Listen, when it comes to church things, we've put this, we put this in place a long time ago when we were in youth ministry. Her and I, we never meet with um, the opposite sex alone. We've never done it. We don't do it. Why? Read the statistics. It's really bad. It's really bad. And so we don't do it. That's, that's something that we put in place to protect that relationship. Well, just as we do things like that, there is a relationship that we have with the Father. And there are things that we have to put in place to protect ourselves. Now, I can't tell you what that thing is for you. Okay, because I'm not going to sit here and thus saith the Lord, here's your, uh, here's your temptation, here's your temptation, here's your temptation. That's not going to happen. But what I'm telling you is that you already know. We all already know, right? We typically know the things that draw us away from God or draw us into sin that we shouldn't be a part of. And here's the, here's the sad part about it. We just don't do anything about it. 
And see, that relationship with the Father, we have to put the same emphasis on the relationship with him as we do with relationship with anything else. Your kids, your spouse, I'm telling you, I love my kids, I love my spouse, but my relationship with the Father is more important than that. I'm with you, Shauna. She did that just to prank you. She got up and she was like, I'm going to make this alarm go off as soon as I walk away. Yeah, that's the way it goes. We need to protect the sanctity of our relationship. Turn with me to Mark 7, but keep your, keep your thumb there in James, okay? Mark chapter 7, we're going to read verses 20 through 23, okay? It's, a, it's an important part of understanding this whole cycle of temptation because temptation will come, okay? If you haven't already been tempted today, it's going to happen, okay? Oh, Charlie's has pie. If, you're, if you've got that issue, I'm just telling you, we are going to Charlie's tonight. It's just, just be warned, okay? Chris is, Chris is praying and fasting back there immediately. <laughs> Mark 7, verses 20 through 23, it says this. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. I want to say it again. What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. But what, what is it that defiles them? When it comes out. See, when it comes out of them, that is when it's defiled. Now, let me, let me explain something to you about that with temptation. Some people think because they have temptation at some point in their life that they must be evil. And can I tell you something? We are evil, okay? <laughs> We've got to get that right. We need the relationship with the Father to make us right, okay? So we have these instincts and these things about us that draw us into things that we shouldn't be in, right? That's what happens with us, okay? But, like, when you read this, it's what comes out of you. That's why we talk about taking those thoughts captive. When those thoughts come in, that temptation is presented to you. You have the ability to respond to it. You, you alone. It, it's not, you, 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 listen, people will reason and say, well, the only reason why I ended up doing that was because he did this or because she did this or because they said this or whatever it is, right? It isn't an excuse for your own sin. That temptation, we know the triggers, we know the things, and the question becomes, what are we doing about them? What are we doing about those doors that are being opened in our lives that are trying to get squeezed open? Are we slamming them back shut, or are we just taking a peek inside and saying, eh, let's take a little look, you know, whatever it is, right? We have to recognize this. Listen, when you talk about these things like these evil thoughts, right, when you read these things, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, like there's some bad stuff in here, guys. Now, I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times every now and then when I want to punch someone in the throat. Is that all right? Can I say that? It happens sometimes, right? You get frustrated in life. Things happen. But you know what? I'm not sinning just because I had the thought. I'm sinning if I crack them in the neck, right? <laughs> then I got a problem on my hands. But we have, to rec we have to know ourselves. We have to know those things that tempt us like that. And then we have to do something about it. We can't just be like, yeah, yeah, every time I go there, I'm tempted to do this. So, you know, I don't, I don't go into Holtman's <laughs> when I'm not supposed to be in Holtman's, which is like ever. I don't go in there and just go in and be like, hey, guys, I just wanted to come say hi. I can't eat anything because I'm just going to come say hi because that's what I'm doing. I'm here to introduce you to Jesus. Um, and... Uh, 
Are those strawberry filled? Because um, that's kind of my jam. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that. Check that out. <laughs> but you don't do it. But you know what's so funny about that? As silly as that concept sounds, we do it all the time. We do it all the time with the things that we know that tempt us. We allow ourselves to go into those doors and into those situations where we know we, should, we know ourselves good enough to not do it. But we still walk that out. Okay, we're back to James. Um, let's read verse 15, okay? It says, Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See, our problem with sin is that we have stopped seeing the severity of it. We haven't seen sin as severe as it actually is because it is it, because it's so prevalent. It's so widely accepted. Honestly, it's often encouraged, right? Almost everywhere you go, they encourage it. Listen, there's not, there's, there, I am often offered uh, significant amounts of money to do things that they know I won't do. I'm, I mean, like, I've been offered $1,000 to do something I shouldn't do, right? It's there all the time. And listen, it's expensive to feed kids. <laughs> $1,000 is, that's almost a month of groceries, right? That's expensive, right? But our problem is, is that we've stopped seeing the severity of what sin is, guys. And if we look at this scripture, right, we look at this scripture, what does it do? When we allow that desire, that temptation, that, that desire that you have within you, right? When we allow it to conceive, it gives birth to sin. And sin brings death. That's serious, right? That's, that's a serious situation. And, and we, we, we need to, to do a, a bit of a roll call on the people who have influence in our lives. Because we need to be able to determine, are these people keeping me from sin? Or are they encouraging me in my sin? See, because those people can be roadblocks. Now, you might say, but Tom, I'm trying to introduce them to Jesus. Well, you can't introduce them to Jesus when you're sloppy drunk, dude. It doesn't work that way, right? There are so many, there are so many things that we have to recognize that, see, sin, it's not temptation itself that is wrong. Too many people allow temptation to become a part of who they are and a part of their identity. But it's, it's the way you respond to that temptation, See, the way you respond to that temptation can be powerful. It can be powerful because you can show such self-control. Wait, that's something that we're supposed to have, isn't it? Isn't it a fruit of the Spirit? And see, when we, when we lose the ability to have self-control when temptation comes, what happens is we create a roadblock between us and our relationship with the Father. See, he, now he's, he will forgive and he will have grace and all of those things, okay? But when we look at this, sin brings forth death. And there are too many Christians who are walking spiritually dead because they have adjusted their life to make room for their sin. They have found ways to justify it. They have found ways to conceal it, to hide it, to keep it to themselves. And they live an unrepentant life from that point on, because they've come to peace with their sin as opposed to coming peace with their God. See, we are not intended to live in like that. Like sin, sin is this disease that spreads like a wildfire, okay? Now, um, most of you know this, that 
about two and a half years ago, uh, Bethany um, and uh, her entire family, we took her entire family, we went on a trip to um, Gatlinburg. Um, Bethany's family had like almost never, ever had a family vacation, right? Like they never did, actually. They never had a family vacation. And so all of us kids were like, okay, we're going to take the whole family. We rented a huge uh, lodge in Gatlinburg. And mom, dad, all the kids, all of their spouses, all of the grandkids, it was going to be awesome. They were finally going to have a vacation, okay? Um, we get there first night. Everything's good. Um, second day comes, and uh, Bethany and I, we're in charge of cooking that day, and uh, we're just killing some awesome meals. Um, it was good food, I'm just going to tell you, okay? And uh, as we're cooking, I'm like, it looks so weird outside. And it looked like it was snowing, in Gatlinburg in October or November. Yeah, November. It's like, well, that's weird. It's snowing outside. And I stepped outside and I said, man, it feels great. That's weird that it can snow when it's so warm outside here. <laughs> um, and it was ashes is what it was. Once we realized what it was, I was like, oh, what's going on? And so then we start looking around and we're like, oh, my gosh, there's wildfires all over Gatlinburg. And here we are in Gatlinburg. <laughs> And so, I mean, you just, what do you do, right? You hear there's wildfires everywhere. All you do is you just go outside and you look around and you're like, oh, looks like we're good, you know? <laughs> I mean, what else do you do? I don't, I don't know. There's no, like, wildfire siren. I, I mean, I don't know what to do, you know? I don't know where it's coming. So, so we look around and we're like, oh, I think we're good. And so uh, we continue on and continue with our day until later in the afternoon um, when all of a sudden we lost all power. Um, and hurricane winds started hitting. <laughs> um, it sounded like our lodge was literally going to get blown over. Um, it was insane. And so when night fell, what was really good is you know that you can see fire a whole lot better at night than you can at day. So at first glance, one of these right now, I can't see any fire, right? As soon as it was dark, oh, wow, look at that mountain coming down towards us. <laughs> that looks um, lively, you know? <laughs> And then as we continue to watch it, and the hurricane, I mean, when I say hurricane force winds, I mean, um, it was intense, these winds. And the next thing we know, someone's like, um, look over there. On the other side, on our other side of our cabin, here comes fire roaring down that hill. And so we're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, um, that's fire. Um, yeah. And so we're like, we, but we don't know what to do, right? But What's amazing is as we sat there, we continue to watch it race down this mountain. Every time a big, strong gust of wind, you would just see it. I mean, it looked like bombs were exploding, how big these flames were getting on the sides of these mountains. And uh, Bethany is like, I don't know, seven months pregnant or something. Really great opportunity to possibly birth a child on a pool table. Um, missed our chance there. Bummer. Um, but... But seeing that, I think about sin, right? And I think about how that ginormous wildfire started as a spark. Started as a spark. And what happened is the conditions that surrounded that spark created a horrific incident. And you need to know when that spark is about to get lit. Whatever that temptation is, if you recognize and you say, you know what, this could start a spark. Because all of the conditions around that spark, you know what, the devil is going to line, right? God is not tempting you. We know that. The devil is going to line up that opportunity for that spark to spread like a wildfire. 
And I, let me tell you, I've dealt with a wildfire in my life. You can't control it. There is no controlling it. And so some people will like to think, I got this. Let me assure you, you don't. You don't. We like to think that we do, and we don't. And here's the, the whole shame of it is, guys, we know, right? We know when we shouldn't be somewhere, or we shouldn't do something, or we shouldn't say something. We, we know it, okay? And we want to live a life of miracles. We want to live a life of closeness with the Father. But we still take the fundamentals of the Christian life, and we mess it all up, right? Temptation, you know, in, in a lot of places, the idea of talking about temptation is so like, we should be teaching the nursery about temptation right now. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, guys, if we can't get that right, I don't, I'm not going to talk to you about all of the other craziness that God has for us because we got to get this right. we got to get the fundamentals right because if we build the fundamentals right, everything else will come easy. And the problem is so many people want this big experience with God. They want this big moment with God, but they're, they're, they're willing to sacrifice the fundamentals. We can't sacrifice the fundamentals. See, God, God had spoken to Bethany and I when we started out this journey. Um, it was spoken to us that, um, that God was paving a path for us. And uh, what, what, what was spoken was that this was going to be easy and we were going to enjoy it. Okay? Now, everyone else told us that as we started this journey that it was going to be treacherous and it was going to be really hard and it was going to try to kill our family. And some of those things may be true. But if God's paving the path, it changes everything. So we understand that we have to get the fundamentals right. So we need to pace ourselves, right? Because if you try to outrun God when God's paving the path, you're just going to run into the weeds, guys. And so with temptation, we have to recognize and say, wait a minute, I can't go into this. Because guess what? Temptation will kill you if you let it. Because if you allow that temptation, that desire to set in, it will conceive, and it conceives sin, and sin destroys, right? This is severe. Um, Let's continue to read uh, verses 16 through 18, okay? It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Here's what we need to to get about temptation. Good gifts, perfect gifts, they come from the Father. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. When you you deal with temptation, don't put this on daddy. It's not, that's not it. See, daddy wants to rescue. So like I I think of my kids um, you know, you have different types of cries with children, okay? You have, oh, he bumped his head, right? Um, and you have, I think he just cut his leg off, right? <laughs> well, you can decipher between the two. Um, and when you hear a cry like that, daddy goes in to save, right? I don't want to set up a situation for Judah to break his leg. Not really in my interest, Right? And just like that, see, we've, we've gotten confused because we've had relationships with fathers who have maybe done things like that in our lives, who have set us up for failure so that we could learn a lesson. And so we have attributed that to the father. That's not our daddy. 
That's not who he is. That's not how he looks at us. That's not how he, how he meant towards us. That's not how he raises us. So we, we can't put that on. Like last night, right? Um, last night, one of my favorite nights of the year, daddy-daughter dance, right? Absolutely love it. Me and Billy, we're a team. I'm going to get him on the floor next time. He got close. He got close. CJ was there. I asked them to carry me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he didn't me up on the floor is what it was. I asked CJ and Billy if they would spin me around. Um, they said no. Um, but when we're there, right, um, Nakoda knows that I want good for her, right? She knows that. And what we've done is we've taken things like temptation and when we're tempted and we, we, we place it on God, okay, uh, we're putting things on him that is disrupting our vision of who he is. Now, thinking about God tempting you for something doesn't sound like it's such a bad thing, but you're actually attacking the character of God because God says, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I do. I give you good things. I give you good things. And when we begin to place things like this on her, listen, have you ever heard a lie about someone that wasn't true? I guess that's why it would be a lie. Uh, you've ever heard a lie about someone that was true? <laughs> no, no, right? A lie, right, about somebody, and then you found out that actually that wasn't the case at all? Because here's what happens. Any word spoken about someone something that you've been taught about someone in their character, it can completely change the way that you think, react, whatever, right? It can completely alter your opinion of that person. This has happened to God for too long. See, people have a perspective of who he is based off of what someone else told you about it. And the problem is we don't know the Father. We don't know the Father. We need to know Daddy, right? We need to know him. And, and here's the thing. Um, he wants you to know him, right? This isn't a daddy situation where dad doesn't want to talk and he's angry and he's got a beer belly and he's just sitting on the recliner watching, I don't know, some sports thing. Basketball, <laughs> right? This is a daddy who's interested in you. This is a daddy who wants to know more about you, who wants to be in relationship with you, who wants to talk with you, who wants to sit with you, who wants to comfort you when you need comforted. But see, we have placed things like this, like God is tempting me. We've placed things like this on us, and it's completely disrupted our vision of who the father is. That's not the father. That's not who he is. That's not how he works. And see, this says in here that we are intended to be a first fruits of his creatures. You know what the first fruits were? The first fruits were the best of the best. They were a way of honoring God, honoring his plan, honoring the sanctity and who he is. That's what the first fruits were for. That's what we're supposed to be. See, Jesus said to them, hey, if you silence these, right, the rocks are going to cry out. The rocks are the backup plan, guys. That's the rest of creation. We are the first fruits. So when we talk about worship, we are the first fruits. We are the ones that are to call out, right, and worship and fill our lives, our places, our homes with praise to the Father. See, and there are too many temptations to fill it with everything else, right? We are supposed to be the first fruits, and we need to recognize temptation, and we need to fight it. 
We need to fight it. We cannot just know that we have temptation and then do nothing about it. We have to fight it. I told you weeks ago that we need to stop acting like we're in a parade and start acting like we're in battle because we are. And things like temptation, when we avoid that conflict, listen, there are some people that are really, really bad at addressing conflict. It's really makes them so uncomfortable, right? And I wonder often if that reluctance to address conflict also pours in to the relationship with himself. That they don't want to address their own conflicts within themselves to handle the issues so that they can get deeper into the relationship with God. We need to stop walking that out. These temptations, they are not meant to mess you up. They're meant to destroy you. They're meant to destroy you. And if we can recognize the severity of it, listen, they want to destroy your very existence and we can't go on without fighting temptation. You have to actively do it. You can't be disengaged in this process because as soon as you get disengaged, you will get sucked in. Hebrews 4.15 says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let me tell you something about Jesus. He gets it. That's the best thing about it. You ever try to talk to someone about an issue that they've never experienced and they have no clue what you're talking about? It's usually not a very excitable moment. <laughs> if anything, sometimes you leave frustrated, and be like, you just don't get it, right? Bethany and I will say that back and forth, like, Sometimes she'll say, hey, it's just really hard. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess. And she'll be like, you just don't get it. And I'm like, you're right, I don't. I haven't been there, right? I haven't had any babies, okay? Believe it or not. But Jesus, see, Jesus can understand it. And we need to be willing to go to him with these temptations. See, we want to hide even from him. We want to hide from Jesus. We want to hide from the Father because we're just trying to hide in our guilt, in our shame. But see, that's not what he wants. See, he wants us to bring those things to him. And that's how we fight temptation. We take him to the Father. We take him to Jesus, right? We, we, we go in and we actually, because guess what? He gets it. He was tempted. And guess what? He did it without sin. He never allowed that to conceive and become sin. Now, we've all conceived it and allowed it to become sin, okay? We've done that, but Jesus knows. So don't, don't put this on daddy because that's not the character of who he is. That temptation that you're feeling, it's in your own desires. And you need to learn what those are so that you can address them when they come. If you would stand with me, we're going to get ready to close. Matthew 26, 41 says this, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, we need to recognize the weakness that is within ourselves. We need to recognize that. We, we, um, we do a lot to avoid it. We do a lot to try not to confront it. But I believe that we are a church, and I believe that in each of us, the spirit in us is willing. 
I think the spirit in us wants to go deeper in that relationship. I believe the spirit that's in us is crying out for more. I believe the spirit that's within us is saying, I want to know more of who this father is. I want to be able to go to him. I want to have more of a connection with him. But I think it's this flesh, right? It's this flesh that's, that's so weak. And we need to address it. We have to address it. So I, I, have, these, um, I have this thing in my shoulders that they call um, shoulder um, instability. Um, is what it's called, okay? I thought when I was a kid, I thought I was double-jointed in my shoulders. Just so you know, you can't be double-jointed in your shoulders. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> and so my, my shoulders here in the socket, they want to they wanna pop out all the time. It's a really fun, excru- excruciating, exciting moment in my day um, when my uh, shoulder pops out of socket. Um, and it's funny because I saw multiple doctors like, okay, I got to finally get this fixed, right? I got to figure out what to do. And, I, and I, went to, uh, um, I went to the first doctor, and they said, you need to do physical therapy. That's what you need to do. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you just need to build up these specific muscles. And he named off these muscles that I couldn't begin to say if I wanted to. And he says, those are the muscles that you need to, um, to, to, to build up so that you won't have this problem anymore. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> And uh, I tried it for like a, uh, a month, maybe. I literally did. I, I went to physical therapy and did it for a month. And the pain got worse and worse and worse. And they were like, it's getting worse before it gets better. And so they're like, we'll give you um, some steroids to help you. Well, then I felt like Superman, right? <laughs> Man, I could like, I could blow through a brick wall. Like, it was amazing, right? But eventually that stopped and I had the pain again, right? And so I, I went through this and, and eventually I quit, right? I quit. And years later, I was like, I'm getting a second opinion. And so this time I got an MRI, did all the work that you're supposed to do, and I sat down with a different doctor, and he said, "Um, you need to build those muscles up around there. And I was like, I hate you. (laughs) It's one of those neck punches situations I was just telling you about, right? He's like, you need to to build the muscles up. I want you to do physical therapy three times a week to come in and do that. And I was like, I bet you do. Um, (laughs) But see... The reason I haven't done it right is my spirit hasn't been willing. (laughs) My flesh is weak, though. And as long as I avoid it, guess what? I'm going to keep dealing with it. And see, we, we know the temptations. We know the problems. We know the weak spots. And if we're not willing to address them, they're going to stay weak. We want to go into the deeper things of God. We want to bask in his presence. We want to walk in his anointing. We want to see the miracles. We want to be a part of those experiences, okay? Then we need to deal with the little things, guys. Those little things, it's those little details that put it all together. And if we can begin to combat temptation, what did it tell us to do? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, I know this is talking about them falling asleep at the wheel, but... um, But it's the same for us, guys. We need to watch for that temptation. And we need to pray. We need to pray. There's not a one of us that's exempt from this. None of us have figured it out. None of us has got it locked down. We all deal with temptation in some form and some way. And so tonight, what I believe God is wanting us to do is he is wanting us to pray that we would, one, be able to clearly identify what are those temptations in my life. What are those things that are in those positions today that I need to get rid of? 
I need to get them out of my life because they're taking me deeper into to a place that I shouldn't be. And two, we need to begin to pray that he would help us to close some doors. Close some doors. Because that's, listen, if we're going to walk this out, if we're going to be a church that says we've got real faith, right, we have to walk that out. We have to be a people that will say, God, I do deal with temptation. And you know what? I know it's not from you. And so I'm asking you to help me. Help me to get past this. If you guys would go ahead and play that song. Help me to get past that. Help me to get past these emotions. Help me to get past these experiences or these desires that I have so that I can actually be in a deeper relationship with you. That's what we need to cry out to God for. So let's pray together. I'm going to invite you to come pray that God would help us to deal with temptation. Amen.